sala. Hi all, and thanks for tuning in to the first episode of Morgan and I's podcast. Uh, this podcast is going to be designed and formatted around the stories within football or soccer that you may not be familiar with, such as uh, green energy used at football stadiums, uh, a vegan diet for uh, athletes and players, and then just some of the or more odd, odds and ends about soccer that we find interesting. Uh, today we're joined with Morgan, or by Morgan. Um, and we'll talk about how he came to love Liverpool Football Club. So, Morgan, take us to the beginning. How did you end up choosing Liverpool? Um, yeah, my first ever soccer match that I ever watched mm-hmm. um, on TV was in 2005. And it was the Istanbul Champions League final. Um, AC versus Liverpool. Right. Legendary game. Legendary game. Uh, one of the greatest games of football. Last trophy Liverpool ever won, correct? No, we've won a couple Mickey Mouse trophies between now and then. Okay. But they're only Mickey Mouse trophies if you don't win them. Um, and I'd been to like a Rapids 4th of July game Ooh. in college at the old Mile High in Denver, and it was awful and terrible. Um, college being like 2001 to 2005. Okay. Um, so that, I, anyway, I sat down one day. I was like, I'm going to watch this game because I know it's a big deal. Um, and I watched it, the Champions League final game. And I was just taken away by just the spectacle of the sport and knowing I was watching something that hundreds of millions of people were watching um, around the world. And then I was it for a few years. Okay. I didn't pursue soccer in any way. Did, um, did you watch it with anybody or were you just sitting nope, in a room? I was, I was just at home in my living room. Oh, man. Okay. And I was kind of pissed because I was like, this is the first time I've ever watched a soccer game. And it's not only extra time, but PKs. So it was like super long. Did you understand what was happening? Yeah, for the most part. Okay. Um, I'd had a little exposure to soccer. In the past, I never played, mm-hmm. never really watched it, like I said, but I kind of knew more or less what was happening. I had no idea who the teams were. I still look back now as a fan and be like, oh, that guy was on our team on that game? That's awesome. How far we've fallen. Shooting for top top half of the table this year. With any luck. With, oh, golly. So you watched that game. And watched that, that game. And that was it for a couple of years. Yeah, then um, through... a series of just bizarre circumstances. I found myself working at a specialty coffee shop in Sioux Falls. Um, and I had this like guy as my trainer. That was me. That Yep, yeah, that was you. Um, and there were some other dudes there, and all they seemingly talked about was uh, soccer, and specifically Liverpool. Because I was working with them, I felt like I needed to start 
like knowing more about it so I could actually enter in the conversation. And uh, those guys, that was Tony and Andrew. Mm-hmm. And I just like kind of started following them that way. Yeah. Because I just needed to be able to like talk to them and socialize with them in a right. real way. I um, mean, their passion for Liverpool Football Club completely overtook me. That, yeah. And I just dove in. I think it completely overtook the staff, whether they wanted to or not. Correct. Yes. I would agree with that 100%. Yeah. And then we played on we played on an indoor oh, yeah. soccer team soccer with team. those guys. Um, and that made me realize how much I really actually did love soccer. I always grew up on baseball and American football. Right. And those two games have so many breaks in them mm-hmm. and so many pauses in play. And I still love them to this day. I'm, I, I love watching them, but soccer is so much more exciting to watch. Mm-hmm. So much more exciting to be a part of. And um, for a while, Liverpool was really exciting to watch. Um, sometimes they still are, and sometimes they aren't at all. That's fair. Yeah. Like yesterday. Like yesterday against Chelsea. 1-1. One, one. Bad day. But a good day. Or a good day, depending. <laughs> a good day because we didn't give up all the points. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, and what specifically, other than you wanting to enter in, into a conversation mm-hmm. with your coworkers, what specifically um, lit a fire in you or really piqued your interest about Liverpool? Yeah, they weren't united. Uh, they weren't Manchester United. Which is the you know arguably the biggest club in the world. That's fair. Maybe outside of Barca and Real Madrid, but they weren't united. Um, I had no desire to root for Chelsea. Okay. Um, City was still pretty, pretty new, trying to to act like one of the big guys. Um, Arsenal. I I just assumed Arsenal was like the kids pay-to-play clubs here in America are called Arsenal. So I was like, well, that's stupid. So at that time, the Premier League coverage wasn't great Mm -hmm. um, in America. And so you almost had to choose a big club if you really wanted it to be easy to follow sports. Yeah. Or follow the Premier League. So, um, So Liverpool was my choice, and they seemed like a club that mirrored my own story a little bit of just very working class Mm -hmm. community that they come from storied history of championships and success um kind of a maybe a little bit of a down decade a couple yeah current now yeah and then and before then (laughs) so it's been a little bit but yeah um it also mirrors they mirror um, my other two favorite sports teams, the Packers, the Green Bay Packers, and the Cleveland Indians, a lot. Just oh. in the fact that they are like long-standing clubs, um, okay, that have been very successful in the past, yeah, and have had flashes of glory since. Um, flashes, yeah, fleeting as they may be. I also really love the color red, so that helped a lot, but. You know, hey, it's little things. Yeah, is there a standout player in your mind that you would love to meet, or is there a manager you'd love to like sit down and talk with? Is there someone from their history in particular that you would love to have a conversation with? 
Yeah, I mean, coming up when I came up into soccer, obviously it's Stevie G. Right. Um, Steven Gerrard. Yeah, Steven Gerrard, the captain, the hero of my heart. Um, just knowing his story of being from the area, yeah. being a boyhood fan of the club, coming up with legends, playing alongside legends, winning the Champions League in the fashion that they did. Mm-hmm. Um, for, and for our listeners, listener uh, that doesn't, hey mom, <laughs> hey mom uh, that doesn't know Stephen Gerrard in that Cup final. Mm-hmm. is the one that really pushed Liverpool forward mm-hmm. and got that first goal to push them right. to extra time. They were time. down 3-0 and then came back, tied it to take it to extra time, and he was one of the inspirational forces in that game. Right. But um, he's one. I'd really love to pick Dirk Kite's brain oh, um, if I could learn Kite. his language and uh, talk to him. That's fair. I'm sure he probably speaks some English, but I would have to learn some Dutch too. Um, I always was really enamored with him and the way he played. Um, He always seemed like he was super happy just to be given the chance to play, and that always meant a lot. Um, I love, right, it's silly, but I love Jurgen Klopp. Yeah. I loved him at Dortmund, um, and I'd like to talk, I'd just like to go out to dinner with him and see what he's like as a person away from the pitch. Okay. Um, Stevie G's just a legend, though. It would have to start with him, and mm-hmm. I think the future of the clubs, for better or worse, is probably in his hands in some way, shape, or form. Um, and so, just knowing knowing who he is and what he's about would be really meaningful as a fan. Yeah, you talked about um, their storied history. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you're a Liverpool fan, so if you're losing, you're talking about history. Mm-hmm. Um, help us. <laughs> Damn. So true. Help us, uh, for those who aren't as familiar with Liverpool's history, help us understand uh, some of their highlights. Uh, Yeah. They have five European championships. Okay. Um, They have 24 top flight titles, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, And United just took them over for... Winning his club in England, I think, a few years back when they won their 30th title or whatever you want to say. I think it's like 29 to 30 or something like yeah. that. I don't... My problem, Todd, is being a modern fan, I came into it late. And so I haven't done a ton of historical research. I know some of the big names. Right. Uh, Fowler, Daglish, all that stuff. But... Mm. You know, I know they used to be Everton, but then they were Liverpool, but they're still in Everton, and Everton's in Liverpool. and So I know all that stuff, but I just know the numbers. That's fair. Do you, as a newer fan, do you feel that it's okay to claim that history, knowing that, like, you didn't come in until significantly later, and you don't have any family ties or historical ties to the club? Yeah, totally. Um, I think if you're going to choose a team like Liverpool, you have no choice. Yeah. But to sort of wade into it at your own pace. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it, I've i been a Green Bay Packers fan for over 20 years. Okay. And um, I know their history really well. And I feel I get angry when there are people who just come into it and are like, oh, I really love... 
Aaron Rodgers. Mm. Okay, yeah, but mm. what about Bart Starr? What right. about Curly Lambeau and all those guys? And so no idea who that is. I'm not sure where I stand on all that because I I am sort of a punk new fan. Okay, makes um, sense. That doesn't isn't fully invested in the history, right? You know, you so were, yeah. I think it's, I think it should be expected. Um, like if I were to have, I have never been to Liverpool. I've never been off the continent of North America. I'm hoping to go soon. I would definitely be doing a lot of reading up so that I didn't feel like a total jack wagon when I get over there. And I'm like, yeah, 2005. Remember that one time, guys? Yeah, yeah. right. High fives. High fives. Around. Yeah, and, and they're th- like, yeah, that. Eight times in the seventies and in the sixties, and I'm like, yeah, but two thousand five, right? Let's we t- we were talking a little bit earlier about uh, the current ownership group mm-hmm. at Liverpool uh, Fenway Sports Group. Yeah, the owners of the Red Sox. Owners of the Red Sox, and <laughs> you're currently shaking your head mm-hmm. and uh, have a bit of a painful look on your face. Yeah, I was really excited when they took over. Mm-hmm. Um, and it feels like they've spent the last, I guess, I don't know, they've been in charge for like six or seven years almost. Yeah. Um, caretaking the club. Oh. Not moving it forward in any way. Just maintaining. Just maintaining the status quo and boosting, especially lately, boosting off-the-field revenues for profitability. Okay. Rather than on-the-field product. Which on some hand... Is good mm-hmm. if it also benefits on the field product. Right. It feels like they've they haven't given the same attention and to detail. Okay. In the on field prod, product, mm-hmm. the most visible, obviously, of the Liverpool offerings. Um, it feels like they've done more off the field, mm. which is great. Right. Um, in some ways. But the on-field product is still sort of like behind the advancement of the global version of the game. Okay. But, I mean, you have had some, in more recent years, um, you've had some bigger signings that mm-hmm. were in hopes of winning the Premier League title. Yeah, and I know you're referencing specifically like Luis Suarez era, Liverpool. That yeah. That was a great 18 months. Who Kenny Dalglish <laughs> paid... More for uh, what Andy Carroll than he did Luis Suarez. I, I think more for possibly more for Stuart Downing than oh. Luis Suarez as well. And to those of you listening, Mom, you're right to say who. You're right because he's not anything. Is he still? He's not still for Liverpool. No, no, he went to Sunderland. I think for a long time. Oh, rough times. And then. Maybe some time at West Ham with Andy Carroll, but I'm not sure. I, I honestly don't know, because mm-hmm. why would you? Right. Um, and those those guys, those are the type of guys like that Liverpool has had to go after that are maybe just off the top tier okay. um, of available transfer targets, I think. So, Morgan... Um... My viewing experience and my following of my uh, favorite football club, Wolverhampton, the Wolverhampton Wanderers, Wolves, Wolves go Wolves, up the Wolves. First, 
first on the table right now, gosh, we'll get to that next episode, um, is significantly and has been significantly different mm-hmm. than yours as a Liverpool fan. Can can you tell me a little bit or give me an idea of what your average match day experience is like? Yeah, um, my match day experience is really easy um, here in the States just because over the last few years NBC has done great work to expand Premier League coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, so I use Twitter to follow official team accounts, uh, team bloggers, that type of thing, um, find out the pre-match news, um, and then I watch. I just watch the games on NBC Sports because they're usually on. Mm-hmm. Um, a little less so with this sports gold package uh, thing. But, it's. I mean, my, my experience is significantly easier because it's a lot more accessible. Mm-hmm. The information is readily available um and even non-team affiliated sites talk about liverpool so espn fc um nbc sports like i said those types of things are talking about my team so the information is easy to come by okay Um, especially on match days uh, and afterwards for post-match analysis and stuff like that when you first started following football, or when you first started following Liverpool, you were in Sioux Falls, uh, South Dakota, yep. which is firmly in the middle of America. Like, hotbed. Hotbed. Progressive activity. Oh, my goodness. What was it like following football there compared to now, as TV coverage has increased? It was all social media. Yeah. Um, unless ESPN happened to be showing a game. Okay. Um when we lived together, to the best of my knowledge, we didn't really have cable. We did not. And so we didn't get to watch really anything unless we happened to be out mm-hmm. and there was a game or a replay on. So it was all social media based. Um, using the internet to find a random like mm-hmm. illegal feed of a game, if you could. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's how it started when I moved back to Colorado, too, was just... Finding some hacker-filled feed of a game broadcast, you know, but it was a lot harder, I would say, um, to be a dedicated fan when there wasn't as much available content Mm. as there is now. Mm -hmm. You mentioned social media. Mm -hmm. Um, What, um, how has the uh, increased influence of social media affected how you perceive your football club uh, or the news or fans surrounding your club yeah I mean the scrutiny's significantly heavier on Liverpool now that, it, that it's been a long run of average mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot more negativity surrounding the club and the decisions that the manager makes from week to week mm-hmm. and that is clearly evident on social media. We all know Twitter is where you go when mm-hmm. you want to feel miserable about any given topic. Yeah. And my top my Twitter feed on any given match day is full of 
fan voices as well as professional media voices surrounding Liverpool, and they're always quick to second guess, mm-hmm. quick to put Klopp on the hot seat, or mm-hmm. you know, in recent events, Moreno goes on the hot seat because he was miserable in Champions League on Wednesday or Tuesday. Um, and so the social media environment creates sort of a clouded understanding of what's really happening okay. with the club, I think, um, and heightens the, the critique or the negativity surrounding the results rather than calling reality what it is, that they are... They are an upper mid-table team Mm -hmm. that can compete for Champions League spots year in and year out, and sometimes does and sometimes doesn't. You just have to beat Arsenal to that fourth spot. Right. God bless them. And I think the problem with social media is it's just, you you just are listening to whoever. It's not always an informed or educated Personality, Right. It's um, just loud voices. Yeah, it's just whoever happens to be coming up. And mm-hmm. I try to curate, especially my sports media feed, with people who are actually knowledgeable. Um, but I can't confirm those suspicions all right. the time. So, Especially since Twitter no longer gives you the blue check mark. Right. Is that a thing? It is a thing. I never got the blue check mark because well, I'm not like... You're not important. important. Right. But now they're not giving blue check marks? Right. It's a whole thing. Is it because of the white supremacists? Yes. Yeah. They ruin everything. That's including football, that's which so we'll get to eventually. Eventually. Huh. Yeah. Anything else you want to add about your beloved Liverpool football club? Um Yeah, I mean they've they've brought me a lot of joy. Mm -hmm. A lot of fun moments and an understanding, a new understanding of the way that sports can bring people together. As you know, Mm -hmm. just from our history being friends, that when our friends are in town, one of the easiest ways to convince them to hang out is to say, hey, let's watch the matches on Saturday morning. Right. um, Or Sunday morning or whenever. Um, And you can just, you can watch a match, you can have a conversation. And you can just be um, with people mm-hmm. while it's on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, watching... You, it brings you into understanding of something bigger mm. than, like, American football does. Or bigger than um, the NBA or hockey. I don't know if there are people that still watch hockey. But, like, being that Liverpool plays football on... An elevated stage. Mm-hmm. And that puts me in the conversation with a large chunk of sports fans around the world who grew up watching football. Mm-hmm. And so it allows me into the conversation. And it'll they're a big enough club that they are still in the conversation with other giant clubs. And so I feel like if I didn't have anything else in common with somebody, but we could we could talk about soccer, we could talk about football, mm-hmm. we would have something that something to base our friendship on or base a conversation on, and that would that is something I never had before I watched soccer because mm-hmm. I was always just very 
closed off to it. We're about halfway through the Premier League season. Yeah. Just about to enter the December run. Yeah. A lot of games. A lot of games. I'm going to ask you, where do you think Liverpool will finish come the end of the season? End of the season? Oh, gosh. I'm looking at the table right now. And we are... Liverpool is currently sixth at 23 points. Okay. Not not terrible. Terrible. Um, You're not going to catch City unless they implode. Yeah, it's City at 37, United at 29, Chelsea at 26, Arsenal 25, Tottenham 24, Liverpool 23, and Burnley at 22. And Watford at 21. So there's a lot happening right there. Oh, man. Um, Watford. Let's get them into a Europa place. Right, the Moose Crest, but the Wasp, the mascot, we're not sure what's going on. Yeah. Uh, I want to say they'll be in the top four mm-hmm. at the end of the year. I, I do think they will be. I think they'll find a way to shore up the defense. Um, I think should they not finish in the top four, mm-hmm. 2018 and 19 becomes... The season of Klopp and his tryout to stay on or not stay on. Mm. Um, I'm not willing to give up. I'm not. I'm not willing to give up. I'm not willing to be those those some people that would say that's this year. So I am one of those people that say this is if Klopp does not deliver a Champions League spot, right? And his job will be on the line. I think making it through the group stage. Of the Champions League uh-huh. is going to be huge. They mm-hmm. just have to win. Um, there's a lot of scenarios that would put them through to the knockout stages of the Champions League mm-hmm. this year. Um, with match day six coming up in a week and a half. Uh-huh. I think maybe making it to the through the first knockout mm-hmm. round game would do a lot. To boost confidences, and I think securing a Champions League spot for next year mm-hmm. would be huge. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's <laughs> any given week you beat Arsenal four one, and you lose to Crystal Palace three two. So that's, that's that hard to say. <laughs> oh man, oh, I hate you, Liverpool, but I love you so much. I think if you would ask any football fan, they would say the exact same thing about their. Their club. Yeah. And that's, I think, part of the weird part about soccer is it, it is it, when you follow a top tier mm-hmm. team. Like Wolves. Like Wolves winning the championship currently. We'll talk about that on the next episode. Um, when you follow a top tier team, you have to be rooting for Champions League spots, not necessarily mm-hmm. titles, which is really bizarre. Also, that's another thing too. Um, I never one of my best friends growing up in high school. Yeah, never knew he was an Everton fan until I started making crack comments about Liverpool because I knew he was a sports fan, and then he came out as an Everton fan, and I was like, "Bold choice! That is bizarre that we right. never knew this about each other." And uh, started a whole new conversation for us. Yeah, as a Liverpool fan, mm-hmm. one that you just mentioned should be pushing for those. Top four places. I know. Would a Premier League title mean more than a Champions League title? At this point, yes. 
Um, I, I, I don't know what I would do. I yeah. don't know how long it would take me to stop crying out of happiness. Yeah. And I feel like to those listening, mom, um, that don't know, mm-hmm. the Liverpool Football Club has never won a Champions League title or a Premier League title mm-hmm. since they were branded the Premier League in the early 90s. Um, they came close. Powerhouse teams like Nottingham Forest. I believe, and yeah, uh, there's a couple others in there that there's, are so bizarre. Leicester City, let's not let's not yeah. forget so soon. Um, so it would mean more to win the domestic league mm-hmm. um, at this point, especially given how close they got a couple years back, mm-hmm. um, where they were headed before Luis Suarez bit that dude in the World Cup. Um, yeah. I think it would mean more to any real Liverpool fan to win the domestic league right now versus the Champions League. Okay. Yeah. You've and, come. God, I want. I just want to shove it in the face of United. Yeah. And they're going to win either one of those before Liverpool before. does again. And I that will, sucks. I will make an unpopular <laughs> claim next podcast. Ooh. I know. When you're going to say Wolves is going to win the Premier League before Liverpool. Liverpool does. Yep. Yeah, that's never going to happen, Todd. I don't know. I Spoiler have... alert. Todd thinks Wolves is going to win the Premier League before Liverpool. Spoiler alert. It's probably going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, listeners, for hanging in there for, with us for our first inaugural podcast about uh, football and the stories surrounding it. Mm-hmm. Uh, next time, you will be hearing my story and how I came to love the Wolverhampton Wanderers. Out of the darkness came the light. Uh, Sure, you're close enough. (laughs) Uh, 